Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is a short Bible study every day, only about 13 minutes, but it gets us into God's Word every single day. And that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and helps us to have a more spiritual and therefore more positive mindset to be able to tackle life every day. You know people in your life who need to turn their lives around probably some within your own family. Share these short studies with them every single day. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share these studies with everybody you can every day. We're going to get back into our line of study and our thoughts, asking the question, can God save a crook? Well, of course, as I've pointed out, as I've emphasized, emphasized that particular designation of identity for some sinful act, some sinful lifestyle in the part of mankind, that's only representative. We can look at text after text after text that lists all kinds of sinful, ungodly, wicked lifestyles in, in the New Testament scriptures. And any of those, we could ask the question, can God save, well, not just a crook, but could he save a liar? Could he save uh, an adulterer, an adulteress? Could he save somebody who's sexually immoral in some other way? Could he save uh, a murderer? And the answer to all those questions is yes, God can save even that kind of individual, if that kind of individual will come to him through Jesus Christ in repentance and obedience, being baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, and then beginning, beginning to live that new life in Christ, having been reborn spiritually, John 3, verses 3 through 5, having become that new creation from a spiritual perspective, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 having been born again, new start, new creation, spiritually. Yes, God can save a crook, and God can save you. Now, there are a lot of people who think they've just been too bad to be forgiven, to be saved, to change their life, and that's not true. As long as you have the will and you will follow through, God can save even you. I've run into people who've said, I'm, I'm just afraid maybe I've, I've, I've already committed the, un, the unpardonable sin. No, not as long as you're still alive and willing to come to God through Jesus Christ, his way, you can be forgiven. Well, who did Jesus come to call to salvation? Everybody. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. In Revelation 22 and verse 17, again, the invitation to come is repetitive there. Whoever will, all of us, we can come to Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, God desires all men to be saved. 
He's not willing that any should perish. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. In Luke 19 and verse 10, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, all of the lost. In John chapter 12 and verse 32, Jesus talked about how when he would go to the cross, it was to draw all men unto him. Hebrews 2 and verse 9, Jesus died on that cross to taste death for everyone. And we have an image of the, of the saved in heaven in Revelation 5 and verse 9. And they're described as coming from all tribes, all tongues, all peoples, all nations. John 1 and verse 29, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15, he died for all that we should live for him. For all. Jesus Christ is the propitiation, the substitute. He took our place on the cross for the whole world, 1 John 2 and verse 2. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, Jesus said in John 7 and verse 37. Can God save a crook, a murderer, an adulterer, a wife beater, a rapist, a homosexual, an alcoholic, a liar? The list could go on. Yes, if they will come to him. In Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, all the tax collectors and sinners, all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Now the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Uh, yeah. That would be one of those, from our perspective, one of those uh, duh moments. Who do you think he came into this earth for to call? Sinners, sinners. In Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, and verses beginning with verse 10, we read this. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, these would have been some of the religious leaders of the day, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat and eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why would he associate with such people? Why would he sit down at the table with them to break bread? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, simply illustrative language, getting across the point that, who do you think I came for? I'm the Savior. I came for the sinners. In verse 13, he said, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We are the ones for whom Jesus came into this world. We why do I say we? Now that includes you, that includes me. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23. Now, I want you to consider the kinds of sinners that Jesus came to call 
to repentance, forgiveness, and salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the Christians in Corinth. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, or crooks in other words, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, as long as they remain in those sinful practices and lifestyles, they're not going to be in heaven, Paul says. But then he goes on in the next verse and he says, now remember, he's writing this to Christians. And he says, and such, and such, what do you mean, Paul? And such as those kinds of sinful lifestyles that I've just named. What? Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. Yeah, yeah, he says, and such were some of you. Some of you Christians, you used to be like some of those or maybe some other sinful practices and lifestyles that are listed that I, I simply wrote down a representative list there. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Well, now those are the kinds of folks those are the kind of sinners that Jesus came to call to repentance, to forgiveness, to salvation through him. Well, let's look at another representative list that Paul lays out for us. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh. And he's talking about sinfulness. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Now there's that catch-all phrase there, and the like. Again, simply a representative list. You could think of other sinful practices and lifestyles that would go right along with that list. So, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let's stop and use some logical reasoning here. Who did Jesus call to come to him for forgiveness and salvation? Come unto me, all you. Who did he come into this world to call? Sinners. He came to seek and to save that, was, that which was lost. And all of these, in their sinful practices and lifestyles, are lost outside of Christ. And yet here we've seen two of these lists that the Apostle Paul lays out for us. These are among those included by those terms that we have read in previous scripture texts. All, the whole world, everyone, 
all men, those are the ones, these are among those whom Jesus came to call to forgiveness and salvation through him. We'll read a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for sending your son into this world to call all of us to him as our savior for forgiveness and salvation and eternal life through him. We pray that you will help people open their eyes all around the world to see that they can be forgiven, that they can be saved through your, sa- through your son, our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Help them to soften their hearts to come to him, Father, for that forgiveness and salvation, we pray. We pray this, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.